Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. this episode of That's What She Said. Today we're going to talk about steady and experimental types of income, um, which if you don't have a business, this um, probably isn't for you unless you're thinking of starting a business or a side hustle or whatever the latest terminology the kids are using these days happens to be. So before we dive into this, I want you to head on over to kristenkelp.com slash enough and find your enough number. That's the precise amount of money that you need to make in your business each month in order to pay your business expenses, your personal expenses, and to have enough money for taxes. And that's just enough. It's not like, and then I buy a yacht amounts of money. It's enough. Uh, I think one of the pitfalls of modern living, but especially being an entrepreneur, is that we are continually pushing for more, 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 more. And so we never take time to be like, you know what? I have enough. And so I'm going to take a break or I can take a nap or I do have space to not have to work so hard for the next couple of weeks. And we don't give ourselves these pauses and I am all for sustainable business rhythms. So when you know that you have enough, you can chill the fuck out for a little bit. And that is how we create health in the world and in ourselves. So if you don't have your enough number, you're going to head to kristenkelp.com slash enough and find it. Um, and so that way you'll have precise, accurate numbers to work with as we create a strategy for the coming months in your business. And in case you're like, why did this happen? How did this happen? This podcast episode has a lot to do with working with coaching clients who have been doing a thing for a while. And I'm being vague on purpose because that thing can be a doula or a photographer or a chef or a coach or whatever. And they've been working on this thing and it's been going reasonably well, but they want to start something entirely new. So like, I want to start a, a brick and mortar shop. I want to start a, um, a, like a new community, or I want to teach more classes, or it's just, it's not necessarily like a step one, step two. It's more like I have this thing over here and I want to start this new thing. The, the temptation is generally to shut down the first thing to start something new. 
And what I'm always a fan of is can you, like a good DJ doing a mix, you're going to fade out of one and fade into the other, or just let this thing that's earning you money earn you money and then start to play with the opportunities available in this other space with this second thing that you want to do. Because when you put pressure on the new thing to start making income immediately, it can absolutely ruin it. And I've seen things like it launches on Tuesday and by Wednesday we need to be making four grand a month every month until the end of time. Perhaps four grand a month is not that much relative to like how much you put into it or what you think it should be making or how much it costs or whatever, but it's still a lot of pressure right out of the gate to go from nothing to something and a substantial something immediately. Most growth takes time. So it isn't about, oh, just give up on that thing making money. It's maybe can we we take as much pressure off of that thing to make money as possible so that it can grow the way it wants to grow. And also so that we don't just abandon these years of experience over here. This is helpful. This is the one time it will be helpful to do video because there are wild gestures going on. So I'm using my left hand and on the one side, there's this thing that's, that's steady and we've been doing it and it's awesome. We're maybe a little tired, we're maybe a little bored, but it's making money. And on the other side, there's this new thing that's making no money. And when we can get that balance right, which is what we're going to talk about, it's actually a much better business you're creating instead of just all one, all the other. So what if we could actually, actively, I get all excited, my tongue tied. Um, What if we could actively arrange for you to earn two types of income in your business? And before you ask, no, they're not active and passive income. I'm not going to start that shit. These are bigger, broader, more interesting categories than those that are served up by cis white male marketing gurus. If I told you the number of clients that are like, I have this dream and this dream and this dream and this dream, and also I want to make a passive income stream doing blah, 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 blah. Details aren't really clear. I just want to make money. That's the first thing to go off of the list because it's just really vague and you feel like, well, I should be earning passive income and we're not going there. You can go find yourself a cis white male marketing guru to teach you about that. It's actually not all that helpful or interesting for me. Okay, so coming back to me, there are two types of dollars that you can earn in your business at any given time. And of course, like legal and illegal is a place to start, but I'm going to assume that you're going with legal. So then the two types are steady and experimental. Steady as in a product or service is selling, it's selling pretty well, and it's been selling well for a while. And a while is vague on purpose, because if you've only been in business for a year, a while is six months. And if you've been in business for a long time, a while is years and years and years. And then there's experimental, like it feels risky to make the work and or you're in some kind of new territory. So you just got trained in Reiki or breathwork or health coaching, and that's completely different from this other thing. Or it's not, it's just the next step. Um, So experimental is like, I don't know how this will go. I haven't been doing this for a long time. I don't have the benefit of all the experience prior in this other field. If you're completely new to business, it is all an experiment, but this might help you reframe some of your ambition in interesting ways, so keep going. Um, So I want to walk through um, a little bit of my numbers with steady and experimental breakdowns so you can see what I'm talking about in practical terms. Um, So in 2000, we're going to go way back to 2013, six years ago, um, the business income was 31% steady and 69% experimental. I wish that was a joke. That is not a joke. It really was 69% experimental. Um, and the steadiness came from ghostwriting, previously launched programs, and a few coaching calls. 
The experimenting came from creating a summer camp for adults and then selling the shit out of it. So income was like super soaring, amazing, awesome 2013. And that experimental nature paid off. So the pendulum swung to full experimental in 2014. So I was basically high on just how much amazing and wonderful shit had panned out by experimenting. So I went even more experiment crazy. Like 83% of the year's income came from launching and holding brand camp, writing introverts at work and hosting a few coaching sleepovers. And if you're like coaching sleepover, yeah, those don't exist anymore. The remaining 17% of income came from steady, previously released or available sources, coaching, books, workshops, and ghostwriting. So the pendulum here is mostly about where was it? Okay, it was it was leaning toward experimental. That worked, so it went more experimental. And then the pendulum swings the other way in 2015. Uh, I swung wildly toward steady income because Brand Camp, the camp, was like dropping a financial devastation bomb on my business. So 65% of income came from coaching, previously released programs and books, and ghostwriting. So we went from 83% experimental to 35% experimental. Pendulum swing. Experiments made up, um, they were repackaging some classes that I had made. I launched a program. I offered a one-on-one year-long coaching package that was different than what I do now. And I founded three new workshops. Less risk, more month-to-month work, less launching, lower costs, more one-on-one clients. And on and on it goes. In 2016, I paid off the $43,000 in debt I'd accrued the year before, right? So I'm going steadier. And in 2017, I released a bunch of new and exciting stuff. So I went steady for long enough to pay off the bills, and then we can begin to play again. It took about two years to recover from the level of experimentation that I did in 2014. If that makes sense. Like if you go big with a risk and it costs a lot of money, then you're naturally going to swing towards steady. And so that's what I did. And then in 2017, okay, that's paid off. Let's try a different coaching package. Let's try getting certified in breathwork and releasing those. Let's try one-off courses um, to help you communicate with your peeps and to help you break up with your phone. Uh, I'm always playing with the balance of how much work is entirely risky and how much is completely stable. Because here's the thing, um, I get bored fairly easily, and so I don't want to be completely bored. Like if my income was 100% steady, nothing new coming out, no experiments happening, I know exactly how much is coming in, um, and it's the same thing over and over, I would be so bored. And if it was 100% experimental, like my accounts start over at zero every month, there is no guarantee, I have no history, no patterns, no ongoing subscriptions, it's just launch, 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 launch. I would find that exhausting and I would probably be broke. So this is the game of balancing your steady and your experimental income sources depending on Things like how much debt do you have? How much time do you have? How much energy do you have? How much stability do you need? And then further, steady work funds experimental work. So instead of like poo-pooing, oh, this is steady work. Uh, It's so boring. I just do the same thing. Ah, no. (laughs) I'm doing that in a really bitchy voice because that's exactly how I used to be. And I've come to learn about valuing steady work the really difficult way, which is by devaluing it and then scrambling to make ends meet at the last minute because I didn't have enough steady work. I always want to throw out what I've done and start over. 
I always want to burn it down. I want everything I do to be an experiment. And yet, the way to build a sustainable business is to innovate on some fronts while remaining stable on others. And I'm 100% repeating that just because I know you're busy, I know you're doing other shit, but here's the thing. The way to build a sustainable business is to innovate on some fronts while remaining stable on others. So I see this uh, really simple example. You, um, let's say your website is hacked. And so your website is hacked. So that means, well, I'm going to build a new website instead of getting this one unhacked. And then while I'm at it, I'm going to switch email providers. I'm going to switch cart providers. I'm going to switch um, my subscription services up. I've heard about this new thing that interfaces with this other thing. And I'm going to take this program and this class, and I'm just going to implement everything that I've learned in that. What you've accidentally done is taken everything that was stable. Like you had this website and you had these systems that were functioning, and you've plugged it into, nah, fuck it, I'm just going to start absolutely everything over. Instead of, okay, well, if I replace the website, that's cool, I'll keep my systems. And then, okay, what if I switch out this system? You're switching out one system at a time. So there's nobody that I would be like, yeah, burn down your website, get completely new services and systems and subscriptions across 100% of the board, and don't expect any issues or any problems. It's going to go fucking great. No worries. That's not a thing I would ever say, right? Because the more experiments that are in play, the more that you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And the more steadiness you have, the more that you're like, I know exactly what's going to happen here. So your particular blend of these two will be yours, but it's good to realize that these two fronts are always playing and communicating with each other. So for me in 2020, I'm going to take on a few more year-long clients through KK on Tap. I'm going to play with programs like the Softness Sessions, which are an experiment that it's still ongoing. It's happening right now. I'm going to keep podcasting and I'm going to keep an ear to the ground for what's next. Sometimes that can be the commitment to experimental work is I'm actively doing all this steady work so that when an experiment comes up, I have the space and the time to be able to take it on immediately. And now we come to you. That was enough of me talking. Um, How do you want the next few months to play out? And where have you been? Um, And this might be an intuitive feel like, oh my God, I only do steady work. That's why I'm bored. Or an intuitive feel of, oh, I only do experimental work. And that's why I am exhausted. Because you never know, like, where's your next dollar coming from? And how does it work? And where is it? And where should you be spending your resources and your time and your energy? And you don't. No. So part of it is just looking at, okay, what is my enough number? And then which income is steady in your business? So if we look at your enough number, how much of that is going to be taken care of each month by steady work? And if you're like, I don't know, here's some more questions to help you figure it out. Which products or services consistently bring you income month after month and year after year. Now, if you're something like a wedding photographer, that is steady income in some ways. And in other ways, it's an experiment because like, holy shit, you never know if you're going to be booked or not. So then where can you add more steady things that are like, okay, I'm going to add some of these shoots, some of those shoots. I'm going to do some of this. I'm going to have some print sales. I'm going to do, um, you're adding steadiness in on purpose so that you can better plan your income. And if you're like, I don't know if this is steady or experimental, part of that is going to be, um, historically speaking, does it bring you a steady amount of money each month? 
or is it like it's a zero, it's $43,000, it's $200, it's like, is it sporadic and all over the place or is it just fairly consistent? Which income generating elements of your business do you want to keep? And that's a seemingly simple question, but here's the thing. You don't have to keep all of them. So if you're like, um, you're just, you have these things that are making money, but you actually don't enjoy one of them, even if it brings you the most money, then the game is what experiment can you begin to phase out that thing that you don't enjoy doing? And then remember from last time, um, from enough, how many clients do you need? And we're talking precisely how many clients do you need? Or if you're in selling products, how many, excuse me, how many products do you need to sell as your steady baseline? And that can be like 422 or that can be like X amount of dollars as a steady baseline. And the reason I'm just reading you this question, these questions is because you can intuitively feel like, oh, I don't actually need to worry too much about this. I'm actually really good at steady. I need to work on experimental. Or what would steadiness look like in my business? You can write that down. And the thing about steadiness is the more you feel your health or your personal life is wobbly, unsteady, or overwhelming, the more likely it is that your business should be focused on steady income. So instead of I'm going to make 300 paintings and have this big show and then see what happens, maybe your work is to make five paintings a week for three weeks every month and then sell them regularly. You see what I mean? It can even be the same work, but put into completely different contexts. One will feel steady and one will feel experimental. Steadiness requires time, energy, and consistency. Releasing a weekly podcast, showing your work on social media, sending regular emails and updates, responding to client inquiries in a timely manner, talking about what you've got for sale and following up with any inquiries that come in are consistent practices that bear fruit over time. If your work is consistent, but sharing your work is not, that tweak alone might fix the income weirdnesses that ail you. Once more, in case you missed it because you were skim reading or skim listening, if your work is consistent, but sharing your work is not, that tweak alone might fix the income weirdnesses that ail you. The number of clients that I've worked with that it was like, yeah, I've done all these things. I've done, I've, um, I've photographed 47 weddings since the last time I blogged. I've photographed 30 events since the last time I posted on Instagram. Yeah, no, I've, I've been to 17 markets and sold things since the last time I showed anyone anything new. Yeah, okay, so it's not that you're doing it wrong. I'm not judging you in any way. But you are, if you are just working and working and working and working and working and you're not sharing your work, that can often explain why sales are not coming in, why bookings aren't coming in, why people don't seem as interested. Because they, you're working like effectively like in a very tight space, like a closet with the doors closed and headphones on. You've got your nose to the grindstone and you're not showing anyone what you're doing. And so you're like, oh my God, my portfolio is so out of date or all these new products I have aren't on the website. When you put those new products on the website or show people what you've been doing, the odds of them deciding to hire you or to purchase from you increase exponentially simply because they now know that that work is available. With steady work squared away, we can move on to trying new things in experimental phases. So what are you dying to try out in small doses? And again, this is the other thing. You do not have to go from, 
I want to become a coach to, I want to sell a $3,000 coaching program to 143,000 people. Small doses are a-okay. Do you want to hold an event, start a class, write a book, release a project, try out a new product line, or offer an all-new service? You can choose anything, but you've got to choose one. Just one. This is the other thing, that often when, when projects are circling, when the juices are flowing, when inspiration is coming to you, you might be like, oh my God, I need to write six books. That's fantastic. But unless you've previously been very successful with writing six books at a time, you're going to write one book at a time. So which is the most important, the most provocative, which is the loudest in communicating with you? Because all of these things do communicate with you. Which feels the most vital, the most alive, or which one have you already agreed to do? So you have to do it regardless because there's money on the line. Start there. And I know that your inclination is to be like, oh, no, 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 no. I finished that novel three weeks ago. That is useless. I have to start over. Here's the thing. This is also about following through with the experiment all the way until it's out in the world. Other questions that might sort of jog um, your insides. Do you want to collaborate with someone else? Which is always going to be an experiment. Do you want to try something entirely new and completely unlike what you've been doing all along? And if so, jot that stuff down. Remembering that you can pause me anytime. What does the experimental thing look like? And what would be a first step toward making it happen? So here's the deal. Often we think, okay, so I want to hold an event. Like I've, <laughs> I've had this conversation and I'm going to make it generic enough so that no past clients feel like they're being called out. But here's, here's what it sounds like. Okay, I want to like get together with people and I want to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Let's say massage, okay? So you want to get together with other um, massage practitioners to talk about the ways that you do massage, how you do massage, share techniques, all that good stuff. Okay, so imagine where's this happening, okay? So it's like five people and it's in someone's living room. And then I say, oh, great, can we make that happen? And then boom, your brain decides that's not big enough, that's not good enough, that's not going to make enough money. When I said five people in a living room, what I meant was... 30 people in an event space. And when I said two hours for how long we would get together, what I meant was a full day. So we've just scaled up like boop, boop from five people in a living room, which sounds fairly low cost to me. Like you might need some uh, uh, pizza. I don't know. Like it's not a big deal to 30 people at a space that you've rented. So now we have event cost. Now we have ticketing. Now we have strangers because the odds of you having 30 intimate coworker friends that are also massage therapists is zero. Now we have all sorts of things that are more likely to make you money, but also more likely to make that experiment fail because you're going to learn things with five people in a living room that you cannot learn with 30 people in an event space. So can you play with this is the way that it wants to be, and then not judge it if what it wants to be is small. And also with experiments, if you're like, okay, but I really want to sell like sell arenas and work with with Oprah. Again, what can what does your current funding allow for? Because renting an arena is not a cheap thing. And we can't go from this is just an idea, I have no following, I have no one paying any attention to me, to I'm gonna fill an arena. That's not fair to your life, to your experiment, to your inspiration. So 
What does it look like? And can we keep it in its original form? And if it's too big for now, i.e. it's an arena, what would it look like at the beginning? It's probably going to look like a few people in a living room. <laughs> Sorry. And then if some part of you is like, I can't possibly talk about that or sell that while I also sell those, I encourage you to think again. I sell business coaching and also host regular gatherings for breathwork, both in person and on the internet. You can say those things are entirely unrelated, or you can say that when people opt into hearing from Kristen at kristenkelp.com, it all fits. It's all welcome. Unless I start selling those buckets of canned food and potable water for the apocalypse while spouting biblical verses about the end times and getting all excited about the 700 Club because, wow, I've been presenting as the opposite of that for a decade, um, I pretty much have free reign to experiment with it. whatever has captured my fascination, has helped me, or has borne fruit in my life. You get the same freedom, too. You can absolutely be a photographer and a painter, a writer and a maker, a health coach and a Reiki master, a coach and an author, a floral designer and a teacher. And of course, those are real experiments of past coaching clients, by the way. You deserve the right to experiment, period. Further, instead of deciding you have to give up X entirely in order to start Y, you can do both. You can design t-shirts and see how they sell while you continue to be a doula or plan larger and larger events while you keep on podcasting and mentoring clients in the wedding industry. Life is an and. When we treat it as a series of oars, we limit our potential and clip our own wings. And often joy is an and. Joy is an and, not a when. Joy can sit beside any other emotion and be just fine. And life is an and. Whatever it is you want to do, yes, you can do that, and you can keep on being a person with that degree or those experiences. Or people end up switching focus a bunch of times, while and people make room for ebb and flow. Some products come in, some go out. Some services last a long time, and others are offered only once. You don't have to do that mental and energetic thing whereby committing to a single project right now suddenly means committing to doing that same thing for the rest of your life. That's effectively clipping your wings. That's saying it has to be this or this. And it's not that binary. It's an and. Clipping your own wings is fucking tragic. So let's not do that, okay? Let's make some stuff, sell some stuff, and then repeat the process all over again. See how that was just vague enough to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make some stuff, sell some stuff, and repeat the process. And let's not make any of this a big, huge deal, holy shit, wow, while we're at it. Like, nothing in all caps, nothing that's the end of the world, nothing that's like, oh my god, what will I possibly do if I don't um, get this done or if this goes wrong? Amping up the energetic value of a new product or service is a sneaky asshole brain move to keep us stuck in fear and overwhelm. So going back to that living room, if you and the five people in the living room, if you think about how could I plan that, you're like, well... I could text five people and get them to come to the living room, right? But if you're trying to sell out an arena, holy shit, the odds of you doing that starting from zero right now are so small because you're starting with nothing 
right? And so starting with nothing and going to five people, not a big deal. Starting with nothing and trying to get 40,000 people screaming your name in an arena, huge deal. But we've amped up the energetic value of that so far that we're less likely to do it. Or we're more likely to be overwhelmed. And I get it because I don't know how you would go about booking an arena to do these things and whatever, right? So can you start with the, with the place that is closest to you, which is generally going to be smaller, generally going to be tipped toward the intimate versus tipped toward 45,000 people need it right now. And then we bring it all together. How much steady work do you need to sell each month to reach your enough number? Exactly what sort of experiment do you want to make in the next six months? And so the thing is that when you write it down and just put a circle around it, like that's sacred. It doesn't get to get any bigger or weirder or like it's five people in a living room. Write it down and circle it. That's all you've got to do. It doesn't have to be 10 or 12 or 15 or 20. And then how much money will that experiment make you in a perfect world? So perfect world, it is as full as you would like, you're, you're making a profit, how much money does that make you? And then remembering that you can pause me if this goes too quickly, how much money will you make in a realistic world? So maybe it doesn't sell out, but it isn't like a total flop. And then how much money will that make in a horrible world? And in a horrible world, um, no one shows up. So how much are you out? Which is part of why we don't make these enormous investments, like five people in a living room and no one shows up, you're out, like the cost of some beverages and pizza. Not a huge thing, right? And then to be very clear here, what you want to make as an experiment is entirely separate from how much money you want to make. In fact, for our purposes, it's safe to assume your experiments will cover costs and make little to no money. That's not because I don't believe in you. That's not because I don't care. That's not because I don't think that you know. You are as free as possible to make an amazing thing and then to iterate on that thing with profitability in mind. So that episode of the, uh, of the podcast about how we just keep shipping, we ship when it's small and then we keep going versus building this spectacular thing that has so much money in it. So assuming minimal profitability instead of a sold out spectacular keeps you from blowing 20 grand on, ex on an experiment your first time out of the gate. Does that make sense? It's not that your, that your dream needs to be smaller. It's not that you're not right. It's not that I need to clip your wings. It's that when you assume minimal profitability, instead of a sold out spectacular, you will make different financial decisions. You will not rent the arena if we are assuming minimal profitability. <laughs> it's easy to make the numbers say you're going to make but -da 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 bajillion dollars. It's much harder to say, okay, your budget, your budget is $62 and then make something magical out of that. That will probably involve more of you, more of your energy, more of your time, and people will probably love it more as a result of that because you didn't spend $10,000 on assorted gifts and notebooks and pens and balloons and Facebook ads. You put your money and your heart exactly where it should have gone, which is taking care of people. 
If you assume you'll be making only your minimal costs back, what shape does the experiment take on? It will generally get smaller and more doable when you limit the budget to something entirely reasonable. This is not downsizing your dream, but testing the viability of your dream before you swipe every credit card you've got to rent that arena and a seven-piece orchestra and a team of trained dogs and a donut wall, right? It's about like, what can we do with 65 bucks? What can we do with $200? And the game is, what can you do with that? And because that, the amount of your heart that you can give is not at all reliant on that budget. And so I'm like, give it more heart and fewer dollars and see what happens. How can you build sources of revenue elsewhere in order to fund that project? So can it be that every time you sell X, which is like your biggest package, that funds your experiment with a certain percentage of dollars? How can you use stable income sources to build experiments for yourself? So maybe when you sell this, you get to take a training in this and vice versa. How can you use experiments to build stable income sources for yourself? Because when that thing works, that will eventually become a stable thing. So breathwork, everything breathwork used to be an experiment for me. And now it's a stable thing. Like, oh, I, I know I can get that much done. I know I can sell that much, that sort of a thing. And finally, can your experiment be added as a bonus gift or a limited edition offering for something you already sell regularly? And then if we want to be really super clear about this, we're going to put some numbers around things. For the next six months, I will sell blank, a blank each month to reach my enough number. And that's probably going to be steady. So how many steady things do you have to sell to reach your enough number in the next six months? And then I'll also offer blank as an experiment. So what is it that you're going to make as an experiment? And then the number blank are available and they'll be released on this date. So how many of the experiments are available? It's okay if it's one, two, three, that's fine. And when will they be released? What you're doing is you're taking these sort of ideas and wisps and fragments and you're bringing them into form. You're saying, okay, I'm going to do an experiment. There's going to be this many available and they're going to be released on this date. You're taking everything that's in the ether right now and saying, I choose to prioritize this and it's gonna happen at this time. That is far, 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 I can't say far enough, far more effective than having sort of seven sort of wispy ideas floating around you at all times. Just choose one, bring it into existence all the way through. It's like pulling a thread from the ether and you pull it all the way through to its completion before you start the next one. And you do that over and over and over again. Again, this is a super chill, low-key, no-big-deal way to do business because we've banked on our steady income while opening ourselves up to experiments, thereby assuring that we do not die of boredom or being broke in the coming months. So that's that. If you dig this podcast episode and it helped you out slash helped you think of new things, I want you to leave a token of gratitude, uh, which is at cakehelp.samcart.com slash products slash podcast dash gratitude. And if you're like, fuck off, that was too long. I want you to go to kristenkelp.com slash podcast and then look for the places where you can leave a tip. Um, 
So I'm playing with, remember the enough was like, you can buy a workbook. And this one is like, just do it and then leave a tip if it was helpful, was useful, whatever. Um, remember, the, uh, I have a degree in education and I find this really fun, but I also, this takes a tremendous amount of time, energy, and energetic resources to be able to pull all of this forward and to make it so simple and clear that you're just answering questions like do, 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 and then you suddenly end up with, this is what I'm going to offer this is the quantity, this is the date. If that seemed effortless or magic, that's because I've been doing this. Uh, I've been teaching since I was four. That's been my sole, like, this is what I do. I teach and I teach and I teach and I teach and I get paid or I don't get paid, but I still teach. So tipping means I don't fall into the despair of working for free. And it means you've actually gotten something out of the material, but you got to listen to it first. So you know, it wasn't some, you know, bullshit garbage stuff that doesn't even help. So again, kristenkelp.com slash podcast, leave a tip. This is an experiment and we will see what happens. So may you find yourself neither bored nor broke in your business. May you find yourself with plenty of resources for steady and for experimental income. May you refuse to fall into the binary of or and enjoy that life is an and, your business is an and, your work is an and, it's all an and, and the world is big enough for every last bit of weirdness and amazingness and awesomeness that you have to offer. Thank you so much for listening. You will see me again in two weeks because these longer, deeper episodes, I like to give them a little bit of time to saturate and to sink in. So you've got two weeks and I will see you next time. for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine, while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. <laughs>